the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back in the studio, Sam Stone. So glad to have you here, Sam. Sam's a political consultant. He also has his own radio show, Heard Here, every Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m., Breaking Battlegrounds. Great guest. You had Larry Elder last week? Yeah, Larry Elder on the, on the program last week did two segments with us. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. We're going to get into the presidential sweepstakes in a moment and talk a lot about what went and down. He yesterday. has an important. I, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. He sorry. has an important place in that, no matter what the outcome of it is. And I'm glad we're going to be talking about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this whole certain candidates. I don't know if you and I have discussed it before, but maybe, I, maybe I did it with someone else. But in any event, even candidates that don't ultimately prevail, they can inject things into a campaign that. Bring we, on lives of their own. Think of what Steve Forbes did with the flat tax from not winning in 1996. No, a- absolutely, absolutely. Right. And, you know, look, I mean, for all the, the criticism, right, Ross Perot brought yep. right. a lot of things into the national conversation absolutely. that were there for the next 20 years. Absolutely. You and I have talked about this before. I really think when you're talking about those maybe not initially frontier candidates, the, if you're going to get into a race like that or any major race – have a reason. Yeah, that's right. Right? Right. Have a reason. And he has a reason. He is a yeah. mission-driven man. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. He, he is about fatherhood, particularly yep. Yep. black fatherhood and the values and the, the value to our society of that. It is a critical issue that is behind almost all of the major city ills we're dealing with. And thank you, Larry Elder, for bringing that up. You bet. Boy, the the team that is running, that that are working on, you know, Issues that they have become expert in and see problems with between him, Vivek, uh, it's it's great. But let me suspend that for a minute because I want to get into. Yeah, you the, you the, mean we're not focusing today on Vivek Ramaswamy and Larry Elder and like nothing else happened in the presidential? Yeah, something else arena did. World? Yeah, right, right. Something happened yesterday, and I want to. Are you sure? Because I think I'll dig it up. It might have been a fifteen. On the newspaper, but I, there oh, wait, was something. But wait, before, but yes, go ahead. Is that the giant thudding sound I heard last night across reverberating across the country? A little bit of that, yeah. Oh. I want to talk to you about that thudding okay. sound. Yeah, yeah. let's. Because I didn't want it that. to be a thud. Well, I didn't either. I, I like well contested primaries, yeah. right? And I love what Ron DeSantis has done yeah. in Florida. I, I think he and Christy Nome yeah. are standout, the two best governors in America. No question. No question. Um, boy, was that a mess. Yeah. Suspend that for a minute because I got to do levity with you. Okay. We have now established a pattern in practice for your appearances here that you give us food recommendations. It helps that your show is on in the late afternoon when I'm getting hungry every day. Yeah, of course. So people look forward to your food reviews and suggestions. And David Dahl, my handy producer, uh, suggested that I – that we focus on a, on, a, on, a, on a particular kind of food. And in this week's segment with Sam Stone, we wanted to hear about Japanese cuisine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so here's the thing, Seth. There's, you know, you can always get like cheap Japanese street food. I, as you know from this program, folks, I really like the cheap eats. I like to find the bargains that are delicious. 
And that's tougher to do in Japanese than it is in almost any other cuisine. Oh, interesting. At least that's my take. I haven't thought of it that way. You can find very quick, um, cheap Japanese street food. The ramen, obviously, is the most famous one, right? That sort of thing. But good Japanese, like if I'm going to a Japanese sit-down restaurant, I have basically never been to a cheap one that was good. And I think part of that is just simply that they use – you know, specialized, expensive ingredients, and if those ingredients, High quality fish, and so forth. Yeah, if those aren't really good, yeah. like fish, obviously has to be really yeah. good, or it's just bad. Right. Um, and so I think you know, you you, I generally, if I'm going to go to a Japanese restaurant, I'll buck up the money and I'll pay to go to somewhere very good. Like raw sushi is like the bottom of my Japanese eatery yeah, yeah, list yeah. for the most part. Yeah. But. There is a secret here in Phoenix that most people do not know that is reasonably – its it, I wouldn't call it cheap, but it is very reasonably priced. All right. And here's the real kicker. It's BYOB. Oh, interesting. Or bring your own sake, I guess. Okay. BYOS. In okay. this case. <laughs> you can bring sake, wine, and beer. I don't think you can bring alcohol, but then again, I've never tried to bring a bottle of scotch into a Japanese restaurant. Well, they may only have – well – yeah, sake is a rice wine, so they may only have a beer and wine license. I don't think they even have a beer and wine license because it's BYOB. So they you have to be able. To, yeah, okay, whatever it is, um, we'll, we'll call it the liquor. Yeah, bar. I don't. I, I, <laughs> we'll I'm not trying liquor. to get him in trouble here. So, you know, Seth, come on, <laughs> you know. Before we have this, we ended yeah. up shutting him down. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hana Japanese restaurant on Seventh Avenue in Missouri. I have been. It is fantastic. Yeah. It is reasonably priced. And I, you know, it's small. It's small. It's very small. It's one of those. It's a great place to bring friends. It's not, you know, your your fancy schmancy Japanese chain restaurant type thing. It's not your Michelin star type thing, but it is really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Otherwise, I tend to stick to like the big. The big names yeah. out there, Moto Moto and yeah. those kind of things. If I'm going to go Japanese, I'm going to spend the money because I want it to be right. Also, I get sushi a lot when I go. Yeah, Sushi and sashimi, I love both. Yeah. Those have to be perfect. Where do you stand on places? I mean, these are not considered at the high end. This would be more of a quick lunch place, but like Yoshi's or something like that. Because I, I, I love those simple ginger salads. I I, well, those. okay, those are really great. Yeah. Um, Yoshi's is pretty good. I mean, you know, it's the the risk with all of those places is you might have really good and you might not. Yeah, I you know, gotcha. I mean, I think the inconsistency, and to me, it really is the ingredients, and particularly a cuisine that is so steeped in fish dishes. Yeah. If the fish isn't fresh, yeah. you know, look, the restaurant's trying to get it out the door, right? Yeah. You can hide a lot of a lot of about to turn fish in a bowl of chowpino. Yeah, right. It's it's I not know. easy to do in Japanese cuisine to hide. I know, I know. I'll put in a word for my favorite, which is roca accor. I love roca. Really accor. good. I love roca. Really good. Yeah. Um, okay. Good. Hana. Hana Japanese restaurant, Seventh Avenue, Avenue in Missouri. Yeah, I've been there probably four times. It's that's a great. I place. forget about it for some reason. You know, that's one of those – actually, one of the things – look, Phoenix uh, – I criticize, obviously, the mayor and, and a lot of the actions of the city of Phoenix. But the 7th Avenue, 7th Street Corridor oh, yeah, into downtown, oh, loaded with It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic restaurant after We could just have you place. walk up 7th Avenue and the, the corridors, 7th Avenue and 7th Street just to prep for this show. Well, see, and like there's half of those that I know I've heard great things about and I still haven't been to. There's so many there. There are, there are a lot. And also, as I said last week, the thing about Japanese food, I have a strong belief that every meal, Japanese or otherwise, should end with green tea ice cream. 
It's such a soothing. Okay, green tea ice cream it's, it's, is phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenally soothing. I really wish. Wouldn't that, the world be a better place if every meal ended with, with honestly, green tea? Honestly, I wish they had green tea ice cream at like your grocery store. I know. That's, as far as ice cream flavors go, that's really one of my favorites. I like a, I like an ice cream that's not oversweet. David was telling me. David, help help us out. What were you telling me yes, the other sir. day? About ice cream and conservatism and flavors or something. Did you hear this? What David? What was it? All right. So Sam, you may know what I'm talking about, and we've only got a couple minutes left in the segment, but I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, well, this is a worthy so, discussion for those last few minutes. All so right, just all go. Right. You know? So um, the idea is, and I, and I saw it from a, a conservative YouTuber, and the idea is that vanilla is inherently a more conservative ice cream flavor. That you find somebody on the street who likes vanilla ice cream. Nine times out of ten, they're probably going to be conservative because of the mindset that you don't have to have an adulterated ice cream flavor that in and of itself it is good that you don't need to have. It's its own good these. thing. Yes, it is. It is virtuous The idea in that itself. just because you take two good things and mash them together doesn't make that a better thing. For or example, coconut and shrimp doesn't make it better. Two good well, things we may disagree on mashed that. together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting dagger eyes from Sam. A little bit. <laughs> a little All right. Bit. We'll I, don't, I don't know about this one. We'll I mean, look, here's, here's my thing about this. Um, I don't know if it's a, it's a liberal or conservative thing. Here's one of my things. If you want to find someone who is interesting to go out to dinner with yeah. and interesting to you know go to try new places with find someone who really appreciates the differences in very simple things yep. if you have someone who's not a snob about it for instance but it but can you know really appreciate just a simple black cup of coffee yeah a good black cup a of good coffee. black cup of coffee yeah. and knows the difference right like then that's that person is going to be fun to eat with. If you can find someone who can look at the dinner roll and say, man, this restaurant really nailed it or they didn't, that's going to be a fun person to eat with. When we come back, we're going to have to come back with uh, blood, sweat, and tears. The child is white. The child is black because what we're saying here is conservatives should have their coffee black and their ice cream vanilla. And this is <laughs> our idea of well, integration. I, you know, what Culinary said, integration yeah, yeah, yeah. here. What he said was that um, – one of the big talking points that liberals will use to, you know, to be derogatory towards conservatives is calling someone too vanilla. Interesting. Okay, we'll leave it there. We'll, come, it we'll, there. we'll come back with the song requested, and then Sam and I are going to talk about Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Sam is happy to take your calls. What, sir? What? If, we're, if we're calling people vanilla, what? It, how does that? How does that not apply to the side that has to march in lockstep on everything all yeah, the no time? Kidding. No kidding. Right. A herd of independent minds. We'll be right back. Well, I owe an apology to Three Dog Night. I said the uh, I said blood, sweat, and tears. I knew it was three names. <laughs> I knew it was three three nouns in a band. You remember that song, Sam? I do, yeah. You know, it's got an interesting pedigree. It was written. I think it was first recorded by Pete Seeger, and it. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was written about the Supreme Court decision of Brown versus Board of Education. You want to hear the original lyrics? The robes were black, their heads were white, the schoolhouse doors were closed so tight, nine judges all sat down their names to end the years and years of shame. It was written in honor of Okay, Brown. that's a much better lyric. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Oh, good grief. I know. They prog progress doesn't always mean progress. Yeah, apparently not. Yeah. All right. Can we move on to Ron DeSantis or is there any remaining leftover details 
other, other than the fact that I think if you eat chocolate ice cream with chocolate chips, you're a psychopath? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, we agree. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's chocolate overload. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. It's why McDonald's had to put one more bun in between the two all-beef patties so you don't have beef overload. Well, also just because it's cheap and volume tastes good. All right. Speaking of flip-flopping and fish, um, yesterday was a flop. I have to tell you. I've read all the defenses of it. I've read all the excuses about it. The hype was so turned up. It didn't meet what was turned up. It didn't meet half of what it was turned up. And it wasn't just the Twitter thing, but you tell me. No, well, I mean, it's a couple of things. One, I I, I thought that it was a brilliant idea to go do this with Elon Musk on Twitter. But it reflects very badly on Musk and Twitter that they did not understand and plan for the volume of people who would be wanting to tune into it and had the technical issues they had. It also reflects – that also, though, reflects badly on Ron DeSantis's team because they knew – they knew. I mean, come on. You're running this major, major candidate for president. Everyone's been waiting. And they hyped for, it. I mean, yeah, they, they wanted numbers. It. They wanted They wanted numbers. numbers. Yeah. You had to know that was there and you had to have the conversations beforehand. Can we handle this? Yeah. Um, you should have had a simpler stream format set up, ready to go, you know, in case there were any technical issues. You should have had multiple outlets. I know that wasn't – Obviously, what Elon would have wanted, but you know, look, you're you're playing presidential politics. You're not in the minor leagues anymore. Um, next, you needed an interviewer who wasn't Elon Musk because he's wasn't not the, the star. interviewer, right? Right. I mean, these right. are these are two people who get, and the other guy who right. took up about a quarter of the time. These are people who get interviewed, right? They're not people who right. do interviews, right. and you needed someone who, to moderate the discussion and keep it flowing. It wasn't good on that front. Uh, do you even need a moderator? I mean, why couldn't have the governor just owned the conversation and, well, and hosted again, it? Again, I think that reflects poorly on yeah. him and his ability to move a conversation yeah. forward on his own without okay. being prompted, right? Okay. And that's a different kind of verbal skill. Mm-hmm. Right, he's a very good counterpuncher. We've seen that. That's over his and best over domain over. is counterpunching. Right. He's a great counterpuncher. But if he doesn't have something to punch against, we don't know how good he is. And that's a great question right now yeah. after this this performance. Right. Two, you know, if you're going to do it this way, you're not lining up to talk about key issues. Right. I mean, you're focusing on a lot of stuff that that they wanted to talk about there in Twitter Spaces, mm-hmm. but not necessarily that the public wants to be hearing about. Right. Um, three, it just – the whole thing ended up coming off as awkward. There wasn't one positive headline for one, one thing. There wasn't one positive headline. No. His team scrambling to play ball out, you know, to, to, to spin and repair yeah. this. Um, you know, for a guy who held his announcement as long as he yeah. did. Yeah. This is, build up. this is – this is – you know, it does not – frankly – Let's talk about his capacity as president. Okay. It does not speak well of him that he did not have his team lined up and ready for this opening announcement better than he did. This is a major league team that comes out flat and gets its butt kicked 10 nothing on opening day. And, you know, the, the starting pitcher shows up late to the game. The center fielders had a couple of drinks yeah, before. I was going to say it's hungover. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, yeah. That's what that's what this was. Right. And his whole team needs to be looking in the mirror right now 
or he does. He with does. His, well, he needs to be them. looking at them I, with I a magnifying glass. I him in glass. that. You yeah. know, yeah. him, yeah. his, yeah. his team, wife, right. his team. Right. Everybody on Team DeSantis who's been part of this organization right now needs to be looking in the mirror and saying to themselves, it's not enough to, to trade war, wars of words with Disney and with radical school boards. You better be prepared to step up and do this race because we know, I, you know, look, I, I, I've been going insane, Seth, insane that Donald Trump has not pivoted to the type of messaging that won him the election in 2016, which was positive forward messaging. He was selling a vision of a better America to live in. And then he went in there and, and for two and a half years, he created that vision Two and a half, three years, he created that vision until COVID screwed it all up, right? I mean, look, without that, he would still be in the White House regardless of everything else. Without COVID, he'd still be there. And he has some deficits on that, by the way. You know, these wars about, you know, how great he was. He has has some things to answer for, And that's where DeSantis should be going after. And that's what they should be, you know, talking about a lot, especially, I don't know if you saw it. I think it was this morning or late last night. China put out an alert right. for a more deadly right. new strain of COVID, right. um, possibly not even related. So I don't know if they've had a second bloody lab leak, you know, yeah, I mean, right. that kind of thing. And they're taking pictures of people all lined up in their spacesuits again. Let's going get ahead out. of it. Let's have one of these guys yeah. who has experience with this get ahead of it. DeSantis handled that as well as anybody other than Christy Nome. Yeah. I think um, that's right. Maybe, yeah. Kemp. I would say Kemp, DeSantis and Noam. Noam did the best. Noam did the best. Yeah. Easier you know. state to do it with in some respects too. But, Much, but but I mean, she, but yeah. she didn't bend. She didn't bend an inch. But, but her her state has benefited tremendously yep. from that. They've gotten a huge wave of new businesses yep. and and people moving in who have supercharged their economy. Um, so I mean, look, they you know she's been a great governor. He has a great record on that. Also, yep. Kemp has a great record yep. on that. Also, yep. um, you know, look, highlight the things that are your strengths and be playing to them. And then there's that ad. I want to I want to come to the ad in a moment, but first let me say one more, two more things about the DeSantis flop. It's especially hurtful when much of the undertone of your campaign is "I'm Trump with the competence." I'm Trump with the competence. That's gone. But here's the other thing: this will be gone too in about two or three weeks. This will be this gone. will be forgotten. This will far be in gone. the rearview mirror. But that's why I say they have to look in the mirror. Yeah. You're exactly on point, Seth, yeah. because he has been selling himself as Trump with with better managerial right. skills, right. which frankly is a very legitimate criticism yep. of Trump. Yep. Right. Right. His managerial skills did not prove to be particularly exceptional. Right. He clearly has a management... And personnel, by the way. He was right. touting his personnel choices yeah, He were clearly better. has right. a management style that is well-suited to having a bunch of underlings who are really good at running the day-to-day show, and, and he clearly has that in his own businesses, but he never could build that in government. DeSantis has built that around right. himself. So he has that argument to make, but you're right that he threw it out the window. And if they do not demonstrate massively more competence going forward, yep. then that criticism is 100% legit. And then what's the reason to elect Ron DeSantis? Let's talk about that ad as what's the reason to Because you wanted one reason in that ad, too. And all, all I heard was talking points with some weird B-roll. It, it, it was the least good presidential ad I've seen this season. Let, let me I, take a quick commercial break. By the way, folks, you can agree, disagree, or chime in. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. 
Sam Stone is my guest in studio. Happy to take your call. 602-508-0960, 602-5089-60. Just uh, getting in our last, uh, our last thoughts on the unveiling of... Uh, of um, that's interesting. That's breaking news. We'll talk about that in a minute. Of the DeSantis announcement yesterday, it's very interesting. Bookmark that. We'll get to it in a second. We talked about obviously the uh, the, the the Twitter uh, contretemps. Now, say something about that first ad he put out. That minute ad, his first ad of his campaign. I did it with the audience yesterday. I, first words I thought were the first words that came to mind were junior varsity. Junior varsity. Okay. Boy, Seth, that's very kind of you because okay. that was grade school. I mean, that that was grade school work. That really was. The videography was crap. Half of it was. Can I say that on this network? Once, once. Okay, once. Half of it I was. I won't say it again, but it was. <laughs> once Folks, a year. you know what it was. <laughs> once a year. It, half of it was his back. Half it, of it was his back. Half of it was his back. The other half was an overlarge American flag that he looked tiny in front of. Yeah. Um, which doesn't help. I mean, you know, you want to be, you want your presidential candidate to be larger than life. Yeah. It's the one thing Trump does better than anybody. You thought he was going to be appearing in front of a huge crowd. There was no crowd. No, um, no. And that's what the know, build up of the B roll of his back was right, walking no, to 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 us. Had that or, been the case, you kind of could have gotten yeah. it. But the whole thing just energizing. felt really stilted. The moment when he just turns and walks off the flag in a, a way, I, yeah. the whole thing was uncomfortable. Every word I mean, he said was a GOP talking point. Yeah, it was a it GOP was, talking point. It's what I call gop speak. But it's it's also it's it's worse than that in a way because I was just criticizing Trump for not having turned to the type of messaging he had in 2016 when he was out promising people, you know, a return to American greatness, energy independence, self sufficiency, all these things. Did Ron DeSantis anywhere in that minute long ad give people one thing for the future? No. It was all about the past. Yeah. It's all about the past. I do not care. I look at the past as a guide for your future actions. But you need to stand up and tell me what you're going to do as president to make this country better, to fix the problems we're facing. We have massive problems. And it's the one thing I'm very frustrated in this presidential race right now. I hoped that DeSantis would come out. Yeah, me too. And articulate a forward-looking vision that he could stand behind and this country could stand behind. And nothing in the last 24 hours has even remotely resembled any such thing. That's right. No, that's absolutely right. Talk about that breaking news. Well, it's kind so, of interesting. So while we're here in the studio. Of mismanagement in office. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I got a text alert. A press release has just gone out from Governor Katie Hobbs' office that her chief of staff, Allie Bones, has resigned. Yeah. So – the turmoil in that office within a few months of her communications director gone and she should have been should, have been. should never have been hired right. i mean part of this problem is that they've hired a bunch of people who are not competent it was the same comms director who when she was working for the Demo- De- the senate democrats put out a quote of akash Shatur, who is on the most wanted list of the fbi hiding out in cuba for cop killing it's, yeah. That's who she hired when the Democrats had to retract that during the Black Lives Matter movement, you may recall. Right. I do. Oh. Yep. And, you know, I, she's I, gone. I, a friend is, has just texted me. They said um, that they had spoken with a trooper who's part of Hobbs Detail uh-huh. who said it is just an absolute chaotic clown show. Yeah. 
Did you see the video like two Friday, like two Fridays ago? Did you see the video about two or three Fridays ago, where she was giving a speech and there was for some reason a rather large press gaggle fought, trying to ask a question, and she ran to her car, wouldn't take a single question, as if it were that campaign stuff that we've got so used to as governor. She ran front the press. There were Seth, probably eight you know, members of the press there, legitimate, you know, not legitimate, but mainstream media press, and. They kept asking simple questions about simple things. I think most of it had to do with the budget negotiations. And she wouldn't talk. She just kept walking fast, fast, fast with her retinue trying to protect her from them. Well, and the, Who the, does pr- that? The press here is still not even asking her the tough questions. Right. Those eight reporters were not asking no. her anything that he – any reasonably – literally half – Questions I mean, like, when can we expect a budget? Almost any of the Dems who are in the state legislature could have an- answered those questions easily have and without running away. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, I could it, it's she is unfit to serve in that office. Yep. Katie Hobbs is an embarrassment. And she was known, uh, you know, look, she was known as a state legislator as a low IQ person. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have right now. We have an actual person sitting in the corner of the governor's mansion with a dunce cap on. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. Our phone number is 602-5080-960. I want to stay with uh, Arizona politics and actually the Democratic Party in Arizona politics with you for a moment, Sam, because you and I were just talking off air briefly. We were both struck by uh, the, the an oddity, three, the an, an eyebrow racer. Fest? Yeah. Smooch fest. Three-day smooch fest. Yeah. For Marlene Woods. Yeah. Running against David Schweikert. She's one of, I think, four or five yes. in the Democrat yes. primary field. Correct. And not even the most well-known. No, not at all. Right. Probably, I mean, Andre Cherney, I guess, might be the most well-known I of them. I think he it's probably has pretty, higher name ID. It's a pretty hefty field. Yeah. But the the love affair from the entire left, For three particularly days. from our media here. For three days. Now, you looked this up during the break because I didn't remember Marlene Galen. Apparently, Galen Woods. I don't know. Whatever her name was at that time. I don't remember her from TV. It was 20 something years ago at the same station that (laughs) Carrie Lake was at. I think that's right. So, this is a reporter who left the business after a few years after, you know, this is kind of a standard thing for a lot of young reporters. They're in the business for a few years and then they go on to something else, right? Um, In her case, she got married. Okay, fine. She was a less accomplished reporter than Carrie Lake at the same station, didn't build her career up the way she did. We have just seen a three-day smooch fest. So I'm sorry, Lori Roberts, Bram Resnick, all the rest of you absolute mud puddle leftists. Um, I spat on Carrie Lake's campaign for two years, basically two years, while you ripped her to snuffins over her saying she was someone who just read a teleprompter yeah. and didn't know anything of what she was talking about. Yeah. And here you are slobbering, yeah. slobbering on Marlene Woods. Yeah. I'm sorry. What the heck are you talking about? Yeah. This is an embarrassment. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, and I, if I'm not wrong on this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally think this if I'm not wrong, but – I think about two months ago there were stories already saying she's considering a run. I remember seeing a story I think about a month or two ago that she was considering it. You know, I mean, look, this is going to be a – 
Andre, everyone else in that field, you can just pack up and go home. We know when the Democrat Party signals who they're all going to get behind. One hundred percent of the money <laughs> is going to go to three days of free public. The, the game of the game of musical chairs with assigned seating is over, and the only chair left is Marlene's. Right. You can all just leave the field. There's no reason for you to be there. It's so odd. I, I just and and I'll tell you, I know it's odd because. David, my producer, was asking me about it earlier today. You were making note of that, too. You were saying, is it odd to have so much coverage this far out about a Here, race that not a lot of people are thinking about that, right now? That, but, but Marlene Woods, what has she accomplished? I've never heard of her. Her husband, ex-husband, her ex-husband passed husband away. Lost uh, a whole lot of races. Lost Grant Woods. Uh, he was no profile of great con- courage to me. I... I, I, I I, I was watching that guy when he oh, no. was Grant, endorsing. Grant Woods was, he was endorsing Democrats as a Republican and saying, yes. you know, this was a great thing in the first uh, Ducey race against Fred Duvall. I remember right. he was as a Republican. I'm telling you, Fred Duvall. And I and I well, asked Grant him. Woods spent I asked 50, him why Duvall, why he was supporting Duvall as a Republican. He was his college roommate. Oh, and if Doug were your college roommate, that would be it. Well, it's there, not, there it's, was no. It wasn't just culture. Duvall though. Grant Woods spent 15 years at the very top of the list of Republicans for every Democrat. Right. right. I mean, Democrats, every year they put out this Republicans for so-and-so right. list. It's always the same bloody people. Right. The only reason they're Republican registrations so they is can, so they can be used on that list. Right. And that was the last 15 years of Grant Woods' political career. Right. And, you know, look, I have some people like Sal DeCicio loves loved Grant, knew him really well. I'm sorry. I never I met him a bunch of times. I never liked the guy. He was a snake. And I'm certainly not going to do anything to help his wife. But this is embarrassing. It's the journalism, the lack of journalism that bothers me. She may be a fine person, but who cares? These journalists in this town have no right to call themselves any such thing. It's a weird thing because you almost want to say about the coverage that they're giving her. That, well, they like their own. Well, not really. They like their own when they're Democrats. Well, that's exactly it, right? Like, they really want to build her up. I really believe part of the buildup of her is, is a reaction to Carrie Lake. But also, she is one of them. She is one of them, yeah. But but it's also a reaction. See, oh, a, you know, here's a here's the, the right kind of Carrie Lake uh-huh. is what they're trying to say with this thing. And, and you know what? I, I'm just – this whole thing, this town with these reporters, every single one of them should just go ahead and say Democrat operative with a byline. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. They are not reporters. They do not cover the news. They spin for their side. Well, you know, Sam, I would be tempted to agree with you except for the fact that it's not just here. No, it it, it has become manifestly obvious that this is from the New York Times all the way down. And if you look at CNN and they talk about what that that, that internal hand wringing and pearl clutching they did to themselves and with themselves after the Trump, after the uh, Trump town hall and the, the, the president, the new president of CNN said, well, we're here to make news and we made news. They are not there to make news. They are there to report news. If you go to the journalist school websites, the famous ones like Columbia, or uh, 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 Missouri or Northwestern, they say on their websites, we are, this is what they are now. They are about making inge- – it's yellow journalism that we were taught about with the Spanish-American War was the kind of thing we were opposed to back when Hearst was – That's know. exactly right. I mean, look, they, they are You provide the pictures, I'll provide the war. They, we they, were supposed to – we were trained to abjure that kind of thing. They, they, they view themselves as more important than the subject matter yep. and – 
They are deeply biased, and it's coming from J schools, which have turned into embarrassing farces. I mean, our you know Walter Cronkite school, burn it to the ground. The journalism school. <laughs> they fired. I, they fired. They fired their radio host. I think I think she was the head of the radio station yeah. over there. The student uh, Rayleigh Klein was that her Rayleigh name? Klein, I had her on the yeah. show. They fired her for the crime of linking on her social media to a New York Post story. Well, that and she pointed out correctly. In a journalism school. Uh, yes, a story that bore itself right. out to be correct. Right. They, a journalism school fires her from her position for, as a radio reporter and radio. Getting the story right. For, or just for linking to another newspaper. Right. Well, but also mostly because she got it right. Yes. That's what they didn't want. That's what they didn't like. Because this is about the, the Kenosha you know, thing. That's exactly The right. guy who was involved in it at the start. I forget his name. But he look, the guy was a bad guy. He was a terrible guy. He was there trying to kidnap his freaking children from his mother, from their mother. It's it's an embarrassment. But, you know, none of these institutions – I'm going to have a conversation with an interesting writer in the next hour. None of these institutions have been able to survive uh, the infestiture, infestiture of Marxist critical race and thought theory. And – the one, uh, the person I'm going to talk to in the next hour is going to talk about how it's invaded psychology and psychotherapy and it's uh, invaded counseling. medicine very broadly. Yeah, medicine broadly. I, I saw this awful. years ago with therapy awful. when awful. they they started affirming everything. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what this is. I mean, they're these are children we have unleashed upon the world. They're they are badly Ch- miseducated children, children in adult bodies. Yep. Oh, little Pat Benatar. Good. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. How do you think the Biden administration is handling the economy? You have the bank failures, you've got a possible recession on the horizon, you have stock market volatility, you have inflation that's anything but transitory. Why Refi is offering an investment in a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time, and not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees in the secure collateralized portfolio. Why Why Refi is based here locally. I encourage you to stop by their offices. They're on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there. And you won't be asked to sign anything. You won't get a sales pitch. They may ask you to play on one of their trumpets if you are inclined to do so. They've had me do that when I was I'll there. Ta- I'll take you to lunch. You'll take me to lunch. Sam will take – when you meet the team, you'll see why I like and trust them so much, and you can too. Why Refi is a due diligence-approved firm where you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. InvestYRefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give him a call at 888-YREFI-34. But, but to be clear, Seth, I'm not playing the trumpet, and I hope no one else does either. I'm playing it tomorrow. Every, every Friday before Memorial Day, I play it on the radio. I play taps at the end of the show. I do. I bring it in. I bring in my axe, and we'll be doing that tomorrow, David. So if we have to adjust the mics or whatever, I'm bringing in my trumpet and playing taps. Uh, I mean, good for you. I, I, all I could do is make a horrible racket. It mostly concerned about the axe. You're mostly concerned. That's what we musicians call our instrument. An, oh, an axe. What did you think I meant? Oh, oh, like a hatchet, like, like Paul Bunyan. He, yeah, he he thought he thought you meant splitting wood. <laughs> no, oh no, no. But we'll do that. We're thinking of putting together a show RV trip up north, camping trip. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have axes, hatchets, 
Paul Bunyan themery up there. Plaid shirts. Plaid shirts. Any last thoughts before we have to say goodbye to you, Sam? Man, this is just the world just keeps getting crazier and crazier, Seth. I mean, you know, it's like everything from the Dodgers down. The Dodgers thing, boy, you know, you touch this stuff. As Target is now finding out, as North Face is about to find when out. Target should suffer. I don't know if you saw the email that got uh, uh, Charlie Kirk. Yeah, I saw uh, it. Found. Yeah, I didn't. On them. I Good. mean, you know, look, saying, telling their employees that they're just doing this to 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 hide, basically. And I hey, come on, get out. If I were Walmart, I'd be running Youngling ads right now. Oh, there you go. Good call. Yeah, I mean, I think the message here is. Uh, you're, in, you're, you're now you're, you're going to find yourself. T- you touch this stuff. You play with these matches. You're going to burn your hands. You're going to satisfy no one. Don't start. I mean, I'm looking at uh, images of that person from the nuclear regulatory agency. What was it? Sam Britton, uh, who, who was part of this group. The this mentally society, ill person. A mentally that ill person got a security clearance at yeah. a nuclear regulatory agency. Yeah, and she's part of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence that the L.A. Dodgers is honoring. It's. This whose is motto sa- is "Go forth and sin some more." It's, a, yeah, it's an it's insult. A, it's a Satanist group, it's and an it's, it's you know this is embarrassing. The, the culture has gone crazy. Well, that's why we were kind of hoping for a strong coming out party for the cultural warrior, and it just well, I'll have more chances. He'll have more yeah, chances. Twitter flopped. Yeah, we'll have more chances. Thanks, Sam. Always a pleasure. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.